stay in your lane. Anyways, Wait, what's I mean, I just, I'm, just, I'm just, just curious. I don't even worry about her over there. Kwame Brown is gone. The city of Angels, Hollywood, just shouldn't be celebrated. Throw a parade already, whether you win a championship or not. This man was a bona fide scrub. Let me tell you something right now. I look like I want the finals for LeBron James more than LeBron James won. You do. I agree with based that. On the, based on what we saw that, particularly last that's night. That's deep and true. Portland, I'm going to get all the free Nike stuff I want. If I go to San Antonio, I'm going to get a bunch of churros. What kind, wait, what, what kind of women are in Susanna? Oh, <laughs> what up, everyone? This is Tony in the field. No field today. Preston is visiting one of our good friends, Matt Durhawley, in Jersey, checking out the NBA Replay Center in Secaucus. And then he's off to Europe. So congrats to Preston for uh, a great three years at KVAL. And now he is taking his talents abroad and enjoying life for a little bit and then weighing his options in the professional world. So a big-time shout-out to Preston. In the meantime, this is your boy AP, a.k.a. Tony California, a.k.a. Tony, holding it down, co-hosting this week with me in absence of Preston, the always great-time co-host guest, my guy Eric Dungy. Eric, how we doing, man? Hey, yo, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be on the pod. I'm excited to be back. I'm doing great right now. I'm ready to ready to get after it today. I'm been been looking forward to get on the pod for a minute again. So it's, I'm ready to roll. Awesome. And for those who don't know, Eric's co-host with us a few times. Good friend. Uh, back at the University of Oregon is where we met. And actually, it had been about four years since the last time that we'd hung out until just recently, uh, a little under a month ago. Took a trip to Tampa for work. Finally, finally got a chance to kick it with Eric, and we just had a great time down there, man. It was really fun seeing you. Really appreciate the hospitality, and I got to say to everyone out there listening, if you haven't checked out Tampa yet, that is one hell of a city. I mean, I had a lot of fun down there. It's not a bad spot, man. People kind of sleep on it a little bit, but it's it's dope. Um, it's affordable. I feel like I took you to a lot of the cool spots. We hit up the Taco Tuesday spot. You went out to the beach. Saw a lot of good-looking girls. You know, there was some nice food. Like, just kind of got everything you want. I, I agree. And, and what I kind of relate Tampa to, I, I, I really do think it's sort of an East Coast San Diego. It's got it's got all the, the things that you want in a city. It's a big-time city, big market, uh, beaches, good weather, um, you know, beautiful women, great, great food, great culture. I really do feel like Tampa is – one of the most underrated parts of Florida. Cause like when everyone talks about Florida, you don't, they, they mention Miami, you know, and, um, and like some other beaches, but, but I, you, we rarely hear Tampa and it's a fun city. Yeah. I don't know. Actually interesting kind of comparison. You know, I would say that maybe Tampa is to Miami, what San Diego is to LA where it's got everything you want. It's a little bit less heralded, but it's just as fun. It's half the price and it's the same. You get the same out of it. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a good comparison. We're going to go ahead and jump into this thing because we got a lot to talk about today. These new dudes, Eric and I are always talking about these new dudes and new girls. Just, you know, recent trends from from ah, these millennials that, that we're not too too fond of. that just kind of goes the wrong way. So we're going to break that out later. Always award-winning segments, fake tough guys in the week, and worst media takes of the week. But we're going to start... With the NBA Finals, it's been about a month since we've had a podcast. We had a little preview of, of what the Finals would be. Preston and I correctly predicted, not that hard of an accomplishment, folks, that it would be Warriors-Cavs round four, what really seems like round a million, and that the Warriors would win. I didn't think the Warriors would sweep, but they ended up pulling out the brooms. Eric, initial thoughts on the Finals and how it went down. Um, I mean, it was kind of, it was, to me, it was, even though it was a sweep, it was an entertaining sweep. I mean, great. Game one was probably a classic. Game three was a classic. Game two was solid. Game four, I mean, that was trash. But the first three games, I thought were pretty entertaining. You knew the Dubs were going to win. Probably thought it was going to be maybe 4-1, maybe 4-2 at the most. But I don't think anybody's surprised at the result. And I felt like it was, I enjoyed watching the games. So I'm with you. I one Games one through three were entertaining. And when you look at the numbers and the statistics on how many views that the finals averaged, it was right up there with the, some of the greatest finals of all time. So, that, and, and the NBA viewership is, has been steadily increasing uh, over the last few years. So there's, there's no complaints on that end, but I just think that people were a, a little bit tired of warriors calves. Right. And then B when 
the Warriors dominated like they did, and they swept in four. Even first were so entertaining games. I'm a huge Warriors fan. Born and raised in Oakland. I suffered through all the terrible, terrible, terrible years of scrubs like Andres Bedrins and Muggsy Bows and a Donald Foyle stinking up the court. So this is this is just pure heaven to me. But for anyone else, I I mean, it's entertaining basketball, but I'd, I'd be sick of it too. Yeah, I mean, I hear that, but uh, first of all, I love how the Warriors play. They they play the game kind of in a mixture of like team ball, but with the best individual players. So you know, like, so I watch the games with my dad, and you know, the Warriors are you know they have all these cool actions on offense. They're running guys off the of screens. They're doing backdoor cuts. They're slipping screens. They're you know they're doing a lot of cool stuff that X's and O's wise. But then they have you know the two best shooters of all time and the, one of the best kind of individual scorers of all time. So I love watching them play. But I get the common person who's just kind of salty and just kind of over it. But it's a great matchup of the best individual player versus the best team and kind of the, you know, the back and forth of that. But I think uh safe to say the Warriors and Cavs will not be part five next year. I, I, yeah, I agree. It's not going to be Cavs-Warriors part part five. There's no way he's staying in Cleveland next year. Am I right? Yeah, no, I think he's out of there. I mean, he got he got on their one, took him to the finals, you know, took him to the heights they'd never been to before. But – he looked miserable these last couple of games, man. Like, he looked stressed. He looked unhappy. He's out of there. And the way that they're set up right now, they're kind of, you know, with the cap situation and some of the cap numbers of some of these guys, doesn't seem like they have any moves they can make. I don't know why they traded Kyrie. I would have just been like, hey, man, you just got to play, and, and you can be mad on your own time. But it's what it is. But, yeah, without that, you know, second, third superstar, you just can't, add, can't match up right now. That is so true. The, the Kyrie thing is is ridiculous, man. I mean, you just got to tough that out. Like, you, you signed a massive contract. You were getting paid, I think he was getting paid like $24, 25000000 million each year. And look, if you want to go be your own dude after this and you don't want to be in LeBron's shadows, that's cool, man. But, like, while you're here, I mean, stuff like threatening to sit out and have surgery, that's, I, I'm, not, I'm not behind that. It was... Definitely a weird thing how that played out, but as as soon as they traded him, I knew it was a wrap. There's no way that they could compete with the Warriors as it were. But right. without Kyrie, I mean, it, it was just going to be too much on LeBron's shoulder. Did you? And seriously, did you see at, at certain times in that finals when LeBron was like, "Damn, like I am flat out balling out here, and I'm exhausted, and we're still getting whooped." Yeah, still getting whooped. And you think about the kind of the net of that Kyrie trade. Who do they kind of have to show for? They have Jordan Clarkson and uh, um, drawing a blank here, but uh, George Hill. Um, it just Larry Nance, Jeff Green. Yeah, it's just like all those four quarters don't make a dollar, you know. Let's be honest; it doesn't even come close to a dollar. What they really have to show for that trade is the eighth overall pick in this year's draft, which is like, okay, we gave up one of the best offensive players in the league and a top 15 player for that. I mean, that, that, that sucks. It's obviously unfortunate and they definitely were the the losers yet again on that, in that epic trade. There's, there's a moment in this series that I do specifically want to talk about before we get to discussing where we think LeBron's going to go. J.R. Smith's blunder in game one. Ah, that was crazy. Crazy. Right. And everyone's kind of beating a dead horse over, you know, did he know? Did he not know? How you know? How could you be that dumb? What I want to focus on is, like you, you saw the behind the scenes footage that they released afterwards when LeBron was like, "Man, we had timeouts," and then he put his head down after that. Did you, did you see that kind of long footage that I think Ball is Life put out there? Yeah, no doubt. Um, my biggest thing on that is, as hard as it is, and it's easy to say this, you know, from the comfort of my couch. At that moment, as the you know the best player in the team, the undisputed leader, that's when you got to ride the troops. I mean, I know that's hard and it's very emotional, but at that time, you got to say, hey, guys, like, you know, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, but let's pull it together. When they all sit there, you know, pouting and kind of looking like, you know, somebody just kicked their dog or something like that, you know that they're not going <laughs> to do that. Man. They're done, man. It's like, man, you there wasn't one guy clapping, one guy standing up. They just all sat there, you know, for like two minutes and didn't say a word to each other. And you, it was a wrap. It was a super rap. That was a that was a, a mucho rap, bro. Just if you look at LeBron's face, like I honest, I swear to God, at that moment he was like, "It's over." 
Like, yeah. that's the series right there. Did you? Because did you see how flat they came out in that overtime? They got run out of the gym. I think Golden State went on, like, a 10-0 run immediately to start the yeah. over. I think, they, I think this plus-minus of that game was, like, 12 points or 11 points. Like, after, after you know, a tie game all the way through, it's, and five minutes, you know, they beat him by 12 points. Yeah, that, that was a uh, – I mean, look, they were right there against a team that had – unquestionably more talent way more talent than them and then they don't they, look the, the charge block call is tough yeah. objectively that's a tough thing to go the other way for the Cavs. you know that easily could have easily could have won them the game right there had that swung in their favor which it probably should have if george hill makes that second free throw they probably win the game not enough people talking about that but that by the way and then if jr smith look it's not like if he had gotten blocked by KD or missed a shot, whatever, man. But you have to do something in those final seconds. And if you're anyone on the coaching staff, not just Ty Lue, you are screaming for a timeout. Screaming for a timeout. And hopefully you know that you have a timeout. I mean, there was just so much that went wrong right there that at the end of, the, at the end of that regular you know, session, LeBron's looking around like, that's it, man. Like, I can't win with these cats. I would have loved to see if Hill makes the second free throw or JR puts it back up. Like, what the Warriors do. I think they had about five seconds left, four and a half seconds left. That would have been really interesting to see, like, what they draw up. Who's taking the last shot? Is it, is it KD? Is it, is it Steph? Is it Clay? That would have been really intriguing for me, but we'll never know. Right. And more importantly, in the grand scheme of the series, if the Warriors lose that game, then what happens? They right. go to the six? Do they go to set, like... The, the the entire complexion of the series changes. Because, yeah, pretty much games, so, I mean, the Cavs, they showed up and played, but they kind of, you know, they, they, they still felt deflated. The Warriors win that game. Game three now, the Warriors go into that game saying, hey, we won this game, it's over. Both teams know that. Whereas opposed to if it's 1-1, you know, it's still anybody's series. So then once a game three happens, it's a wrap. Then game four was basically like a, like a you know, mentally. Game four was sad, man. Let, let, let's just let's just let's just be real here. Game four, game four was a, a a big brother, little brother woodshed beating. That's like when you take your little brother in the post in the backyard and beat him eleven zero because you're pissed off at him. But it wasn't even like that though, because I don't think either team was really really cared. You know, like I don't think the Warriors were out there necessarily. You know, playing crazy. It was it was just like a directly kind of like just get some like you know go for a run get the lactic acid flowing out of our legs and just get a good stretch and nobody go too hard so nobody gets hurt kind of game that's a good point i feel like the warriors already had the champagne on ice at, at that point after game 3 so so that was let, let me try and let me try and equate this a little better that was like all right grab your boys let's go to the y and then run these dudes out of the gym yeah for sure they, they don't need to be on the floor with us this is it's, it's like when you have say you have 10 of your friends right you go to the y but there's already a group of five guys on the court, and you say, all right, well, let's just get five, five of us real quick. Let's beat these five so that we can get the court, and then we can play the rest of the game you know, with, with our guys. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and the five on the court are dudes that you already don't like. Like, you, yeah. you know these cats. Like, you're, you're trying to run these dudes out of the gym. Every week, like, let's just run them real quick. That way we can play the rest of the night. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, I think we're on the same page here just in terms of how the series unfolded. Again, I thought initially Warriors in five, with the way that game one and two happened, just how deflated the Cavs were, I think that that carried over. They played well in game three, but then KD obviously just taken over. And then obviously when that happens, it's a wrap in game four. Let me ask you a few other things just, yeah. just in regards to the finals. Well, I'll start with this. Is this Warriors team the best team of all time? Now, I heard a lot of people talking about this, different talk shows, different radio hosts and TV personalities. I really do think that they are the best team of all time. I mean, you take a 73-9 and nine team and you add the second best player in the world and everything clicks. There's no, there's no tension. There's no issues with chemistry. The only the only bad thing that happened was a few injury scares and then some regular season lulls. But other than that, they cruised through the playoffs both years except for a seven-game series with the Rockets, and they dominate in the finals. Is this the best team of all time? Might be. So I'm going to go, you know, so a four-year stretch of beating the Cavs, 
losing the Cavs in seven, but winning 73 games and then winning the finals in five and four games. That's pretty impressive. I was kind of thinking about it. I'm only 26. I can't really speak on, you know, some of the 70s Celtics and the Showtime Lakers. That's a little before my time. I don't want to, you know, just be one of those guys that's just making up stuff. But from the team, the errors that I kind of do remember, I think of, you know, the, the 90s Bulls and I think of like the 01 Lakers. I think they match up favorably, as crazy as this is to say. They match up favorably with the with the old Bulls teams, you know. The Bulls weren't, you know, they had perimeter players. They had uh, Scotty and MJ and, you know, the the Warriors have, you know, perimeter guys for days with KD and Clay and Andre and Livingston. So I think that's an interesting matchup. Um, the one kind of team would be fun to see what they do is if those old Laker teams with, uh, with Shaq, what do they do with Shaq? Because that's the one guy where, like, you know, playing small ball, what do you do with Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> That's actually a really good point. One of my one of my good friends brought this up as well. He he mentioned to me, do the Warriors run Shaq out of the gym and just shoot him out? Shoot just shoot lights out and then shoot the Lakers right out of the gym, right out of competition of the game? Or does Shaq beat him up inside so much to the point where the Lakers actually have an advantage? It's tough to say. That's the old, the kind of, uh, what's the saying, the uh, immovable force or the uh, whatever that, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, yeah, 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 just that, that that's, that's, a, that's a total strength conditioning meatball. Dude. Yeah. Just one of those like 500 pound strength coach just like screaming at you to lift more while saying that stuff. Yeah, you know, so whose style plays out? Is it the, the open small ball space and pace or is it the, you know, we have this most dominant player all dominating player of all time and you guys got a stick seven guy trying to guard him that'd be that'd be a fun one if you could simulate that or something like that on 2k or something yeah the hypotheticals are always fun um but at the end of the day it's just really tough to compare across different generations and that's why i think the mj versus lebron thing is so tough but again i mean you got these six seven figure salary hot take artists that, that, that they don't know what else to talk about so every day it's it's i swear to god every single day on fox sports one is either mj versus lebron or hey look lavar ball jones joins the show what are, what are we what are we screaming about today yeah that's there's too many channels now man back in the day there was one espn and there was maybe like one fox you know station now you got fsn fsn one two espn one two three espn u espn news they're like, all right, we got to have all these channels and all these shows. And back in the day, bro, there was one sports center a day, and they just reshowed it every day, like all day long. Now they have 24-hour live shows. They got all these, you know, these hot take artists that got to fill up time. And when they when in doubt, MJ versus LeBron. When, when in doubt, tell Jason Whitlock MJ versus LeBron, and he can go on for hours, man. It really is sad. And and, and folks, this is what we're talking about when when we use the hashtag Save the Industry. It really is a movement. That, that really needs to catch on. Um, but uh, that's actually a really interesting point. And, and you know what? I really do miss that OG Sports Center. I mean, I feel like Sports Center just isn't good anymore. Like, we, we talked about this a little bit when we were when we were in Tampa. The OG Sports Centers, like, you used to look forward. You used to set your DVR for that Sports Center at night. Like, come home, kick off the shoes, and turn that thing on. As opposed to now, it's like, ah, Sports Center? Nah, like, I'll, I'll probably just watch something on Netflix or maybe play a few video games or something. Yeah, the OG Sports Center was Stuart Scott and Dan Pat, yep. Rich Eisen, and Linda Cohn. It's hard, to, it's hard to beat that now, man. And no disrespect to the guys now, but they're just not the same. I like watching uh, Get Up. I enjoy that show. Um, I know you're not crazy, but I love Highly Questionable. <laughs> I, I look i i like dan levitard i just don't like the dad like i don't think that he brings anything <laughs> look, look a lot of people like poppy a lot of people think I, I just don't think he's funny and i think that he, since he's not funny he's obviously not bringing anything else to the program i just think whatever he has to say is just kind of like a waste of, but it's just me i i, I just think like i, I don't i don't like that I, I like dan levitard but i don't think it flows very well it's a little awkward and choppy, but I love that show. But but in general, man, ESPN's got maybe three to four hours of programming that I can watch, you know, aside from live games. That's facts, man. There's just a lot of bad shows out there within the sports television industry. Um, one last thing, and then we'll move on from the finals. KD wins the finals MVP. 
do you think that Steph got snubbed, or do you think that KD legitimately earned it, even though he probably had one better game than Steph, even though it was the, it was the critical game three? And then more importantly, does Steph care, and does it really matter? All right, so I'm going to answer the second question first. I think Steph cares. I don't think he cares to the point where he's going to let this ruin the team or come, come between them. But I think Steph wanted that MVP, and I think KD wanted him to have it too. I think KD wasn't super happy when he got it. I mean, he's cool and it's great for his legacy, but when he when they announced him, it was kind of almost like a letdown where he was kind of like, ah, like I kind of wish Steph had this just so that you know our two main dogs both have one and everybody's cool. But I don't think Steph's gonna let this you know come between them. He still has two regular season MVPs, three rings. So big picture, I think he's cool. I, I think he wanted that one just to kind of put that cherry on top and say, hey, I've got finals MVP. I've got regular season MVP. I've got three-point records, I'm, you know, all those different things. So I think he wished he could have had that. Um, and does he deserve it? If he just didn't suck that game three, I think he has it. <laughs> if he just That's so true. But he but no, – that one shot he made was a huge shot after missing all those threes. I still have the, the cojones, if you will, to hit that big three when it was like, a, I think, a one point game. So, but ah, at the end of the day, it's, it's tough just to really say who, who deserved it more. But Katie definitely broke the Cavaliers' will with, with the game three and that last shot. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think that KD didn't deserve it. I just think that Steph maybe deserved it a little bit. Look, I think that Steph had the better series, but obviously that game three is so important, and KD just carried the team in that game. I mean, that dude was a stone-cold, fearless killer in game three, and that shot that he hit that resembled that big game three shot last series in last year's finals, man, that dude is a – he's just a – and LeBron even said after the game, he's like, yo, KD is an assassin. That shot, word for word, he said KD is an assassin. And re- I guess in real time, I've watched replays. I guess he only held the post for like a second. But when in my mind, when he when I watched it live, it almost felt like he held that post for like 20 seconds where he shot and just passed, stood everybody and, and shook his head and was just like, man, I'm cold. Like it felt like it was, I was living life in slow motion when I watched it do that. I was like, wow, like what am I witnessing? This is, that was the coldest, most gangster, badass thing I've, I've seen in a while. It really was too, and like, and, and I'll tell you what was so cold about it was his reaction. I yeah. thought was so sick. Did you see Steph and Draymond screaming, screaming like they were little kids in a candy store? And KD just emotionless, stone cold. Like, let's get back to the bench. Let's finish this thing out. Like, I'm that dude. And that shows the growth that he has. Because last year, I mean, he makes a very similar shot with a similar time in the game. And he's pretty happy. He's flexing a little bit, beating his chest. This year, he's just like, yeah, man, this, this is what I do. I, I'm KD. Like, this is what you what you thought I was going to do. And you're just like, wow, man, he's, he's arrived. He's, 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 hit, he's, he's hit the uh, the peak. Yeah, and, and that's why I say that, I mean, there's a lot of KD haters out there. And what, whatever, whatever reason, whatever your stance is for why you don't like him, like, at the end of the day, man, you got to respect that dude because there's there's absolutely none of this narrative where he joined this team because he couldn't win on his own. He joined this team to get carried. Like th- no, that thing's done. Like if these 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 performances from KD over these last few years. If you're a hater, you you better go kick some rocks, man, because it's just truly special what that dude is about in the biggest moments as well. That's the big thing for me. The dude is not afraid to just flat out ball in the biggest games of the season. Yeah, a couple points on that, man. I mean, I think in his whole finals career, going back to OKC, I think up until this very last game, he had at least 25 points in every finals game. And the one game yep. he does, he was a triple-double. Like, So he comes to play in the big games. And I think that uh, that last little shot in game three epitomizes the whole like breaking the narrative of people thinking that, that he's just on the, on, the, on, the, on the ride to get the title when when Steph and Draymond are the two leaders of that team are going googly eyes and, and crazy, like, because this guy carried them in this game when neither one of them could get any buckets. Like, that just showed you, like, hey, this this dude, is he's the real deal. They're not going to be in this position without him. He's, like, put some respect on his name. 
Hey, it kind of looked like, uh, I mean, there were a ton of memes, obviously, but one, one that reminded me of something was like that, 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 that picture kind of looked like when you go ask your, your, your like hot dime piece crush in high school or college or whatever to the prom. And she says, yes. And then all your boys are waiting by to see the reaction. And then, yeah. And then as you're walking back, your boys are hyping you up. That's what that should reminded me of, man. Like that was a dope three, four seconds. Just seeing Steph and KD like, yeah, you are Steph and Draymond like, you, you man and kd just like yeah man i know yeah i am yeah that's, that's a great feeling man no 100 percent. we're gonna go ahead and transition right now uh great talk about the finals into the summer of lebron now th- this is something that i'm not particularly too excited about until it actually happens because up until july 1st you were going to see about two three weeks of just thirsty, desperate reporting and people with quote-unquote source. I mean, that's going to be the word of the month, sources, right? I mean, already I've heard people talk about how LeBron's going to L.A. because his kids are already enrolled in some high school. Uh, That turned out to be fake news anyway. So, Eric, first of all, are you excited or are you in the same boat that I am where it's just like, man, I I cannot, I, I like, I really am not pleased with all, all of this like summer of lebron rumor stuff i just can't wait for it to get over and then two we're, like where where do you see him going yeah i'm kind of in the middle i mean it'll be interesting it's an interesting storyline but yeah like the sources and the, you know the whole gary Payton thing where oh yeah i know somebody that said that he went to the school here and this and that that's going to get annoying pretty quick um and where is he actually going to go that's the interesting thing because i don't know if there's a perfect fit for him anywhere i mean I think if I had to bet, I would say Houston. But even that, there's some there's some difficulties with that and keeping the team together and Chris Paul and his kind of aging and health. The Lakers, I mean, I guess if you want to go and do your brand, but I feel like they're they're a ways away from being any kind of contender. And you know, every, I feel like every team kind of has their own set of issues. But it'd be interesting. But one thing that's hilarious to me is I feel like everybody who's affiliated with the state of New York thinks that every one of these big players wants to go to New York. And I don't think any of these guys want to go to New York, man. Like, talking about, uh, I think, Paul George at one time, KD going there, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard. I, like, I don't feel like these guys, unless you, people that live in New York have this, like, this big, uh, you know, delusion of how everybody just, the world revolves around New York. And all these NBA players are like, yeah, no, I'm cool. I'll go to Bay Area or I'll go to Miami or whatever it is. So that's always a funny one to be when people are like, yeah, what about the Knicks, the team that hasn't won a championship in 55 years? that's that's facts man do you remember when kd before he signed with golden state a few summers ago he flat out was like yeah i'm not going to the knicks like that that organization is he basically was like that organization is trash man like i'm not going there every year you hear about oh what this guy's gonna go to new york oh Kawhi Leonard's gonna go to new york or whatever it's like these guys i don't think these guys see new york how people who from new york see new york Like, yo, even if the Knicks were cold, like, that doesn't make New York, like, the number one attraction. Like, dude, if I'm if I'm someone that, like, all basketball reasons aside wants to go somewhere, like, just because New York is a big city doesn't want to mean I want to live there. I could think of four or five other big cities off the top of my head that I'd much rather live in than New York. Like, New York is cold, man. It's cold, packed. It's crowded. freaking expensive. It, it crowded, like, it, uh, dirty. I'm not trying to live there when I can go live in Miami, LA, yeah. uh, in the Bay Area. Like, what? What? What are we kidding here? In New York people acting, people making New York out to be like it's Bora Bora, man. Yeah, I've just never really seen the appeal. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of crowds. I'm not a big fan of spending a bunch of money. Um, I'm not a big fan of dirty nastiness. I'm not a big fan of high taxes. <laughs> At all, it's yeah. like There's a lot of a lot of negatives for it. No, that's facts, man. And, and that was funny when KD was like, "Yeah, I'm not like it, it, the, the free agents. It, the free agents in the past, big time free agents, have been like, yeah, I'll keep my options open.' But KD was flat out like, "I'm not going there." Uh, so, so that's a that's a funny thing to remember in the history, the recent history of the NBA. Some of the the most just ridiculous things that I've been hearing lately, I, I feel like I I'm just comparing up regarding this whole LeBron watch thing. 
Did you hear the dude the other day that was like, yeah, I, I had a conversation with LeBron when he was in Houston, and he said he just hates the city of Houston. He's not coming here. It's like, oh, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure that you had that exact conversation with LeBron, and he verbatim told you that. I mean, dude, what? Like, who are these dudes, man? That just come, just make up these sources. That I, I have the inside scoop, and trust me on this one, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, hey, that's that's facts right there, bro. When they throw out the trust me on this one, as soon as you hear that, you might as well just know, disregard whatever they're about to say. Yo, that's some that's some Chris Broussard stuff right there with the sources. Like, I got like a <laughs> you remember when Chris Broussard used to do that? Like, I have a very trusted source on this, and then it would never be right. Yeah, all those trusted sources got them sent to FS1. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that dude. That honestly, that might be the reason that Broussard's working for the sorry FS1, dude. He got he got shipped over there just like everyone else that ESPN didn't want. <laughs> Uh, save the industry, folks. Please come up with real sources. Um, and then I think I heard one the other day that was like, uh, that was like, oh man, like he's he, he's he's not gonna go to he's not gonna go to Boston. Like Kyrie doesn't want him there. Kyrie's already talking about how he doesn't want him there. It's like, guys, I mean, wh- wh- where like where are you getting the sources for these? Right. If it, it, I dude, I swear to God, I feel like people are just like it's one thing that it's one thing to have a source who might not be trusted. But I, I honestly think that people are just flat out making stuff up at this point. Yeah, I think you just say whatever you want to say, and then you just say my sources, and then you write an article about it. It just kind of protects you, like, uh, sources. And then I wrote about it, but, like, it, it wasn't my fault. It was not true. I was my source. I can only do what my source says, you know? Yeah, it was my, it was my fault that I wrote a 5,000-word article that got published and had the... I mean, I still got I still got my ad revenue from it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, real quick, just last thing on this. I mean, I, I know you said that you don't exactly know where he's going to go. Obviously, no one knows where he's going to go. Where would you like to see him go? Well, being that there's no perfect fit, I feel like he might as well come back to Miami, you know? Just hey! No <laughs> perfect Let's go back to D Wade, go back to South Beach. I've always forgiven. We never were mad at the first place. You know, it's all good. It's all good, man. And, and let's be real, Miami is where it's at. Uh, you know, Club Live, South Beach, American Airlines. Is it Alaska Airlines or American Airlines Arena? American Airlines, right on Biscayne Bay. It's a, it's a it's a beautiful place down there, man. It really, dude. I've I've heard. I've seen obviously seen some great photos of of the arena. I've never been there, and I've heard some incredible stories about that. Like a boat that that like like cruises in in like a secret entrance. Yeah, that yeah. one. It's crazy. There's it's just a different life down there, man. Man, it really is a different life down there. When the heat, yo, when the Heat were back to back champions, I bet that city was just out of control, man. Lit, man. Their their um their post championship celebration. I think they were at Club Live. I think, or maybe it was uh, I forgot where it was. But they were they were they had I think they had like super soakers and they were throwing money around and taking. It was just like the most amazing time ever. I think Drake was there. Like when you're when you're on in Miami, you're just doing something like it. Bro, of course Drake was there, dude. Drake's been to every championship parade. Yo, Drake will have like five different teams, bro, that he quote-unquote reps, dude. And he'll have the jersey and the hat out at like any time. And as soon as one of his teams loses, he'll be like, nah, man, like I wasn't that cold with them anyway. Like, this is my new team. You know what? All right, all right, Drake. I'm mad at him, man. Life's too short to be rooting for sorry, sorry teams, man. Go, go be hey. <laughs> big 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 facts that's big facts for sure i'm just saying i'm just saying i mean and he's and he, he'll probably admit he's probably the first one to admit that he's not a loyal fan i just think it's you know the dude is always always where the winning is at yeah yeah no doubt hey that's a good point you can't blame him um life is way too short especially for that dude i mean he's really on top of the world and has been yeah for quite some time now Personally, I, I really would like to see LeBron go, I mean, obviously anywhere but Cleveland because he, he definitely needs more help. I'd like to see him in the West for once, right? I mean, quit hiding in the East. 
Quit beating up on these sorry, sorry teams like the Raptors and the Celtics without their five, ten best players. I mean, come on, man. Come out the come out to the West and prove your worth. We keep hearing so much about man, LeBron versus MJ. Eight straight fi- eight straight finals against who? Eight straight finals when he's beating up on the same G League teams in the East in the Eastern playoffs? I mean, I want to see LeBron face some of these dogs in the West and then make it to eight straight finals. I want to see this dude compete in the West. Imagine a uh, kind of Western Conference playoffs where in the you know the semifinals, you, know, you have Golden State, San Antonio, um, Houston, and LeBron's team. Let's just say it's the Lakers. You know those four teams in the second and third round. Like, oh, that's some heat. You know, that's some competition. I want to. I definitely. Yeah, man, that's cold. No, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, I want to see that. I don't want to see in the second round LeBron plays the Raptors for the 15th time and he sweeps yeah. them. What? What kind of basketball is that? Yeah, I feel you on that. Nah, that's what I'm talking about. I want to see LeBron go out west and actually make a run at this thing from the harder conference for once instead of yeah. beating up on these weak, weak, sorry-ass Eastern teams, man. But, hey, that that's just my take. We're going to go ahead and transition yet again. Eric, it's the best time of the year. And by that, I mean it's the best time in four years because yeah. it's World Cup season right now. Bless up. World Cup started today. Russia put a hurting on Saudi Arabia, 5 nothing. Saudi Arabia objectively might be the worst soccer teams I have ever seen in my life. I feel like that OED in a real team could beat this team. I mean, dude, these guys were garbage. Uh, but shout out Russia as the host nation. Yeah. Putting a whooping on them, 5 nothing. Starting off the World Cup strong. Eric. How excited are we that the World Cup is here? I, I know you are. I am too. As I've gotten older, probably since the beginning of college, man, I love soccer. I just love the, the international game. It truly is a game where the best athletes in the whole world are playing against each other. And when countries play against each other, you have this kind of contrast in styles, which is just so cool to see between the fans, the style of play, language differences. It's just it's just amazing competition. And the fact that it's every four years just makes it that much more enjoyable when it finally does come around. It's awesome, and I think I share the same sentiment that you do. Um, as I'm getting, so I used soccer used to be soccer was my first love. Uh, it's my first big passion for sports, and um, lamentably, I did not continue that into high school and college. I probably should have, but just from a fan's perspective, I've always loved soccer, and similar to what you said, I've grown to appreciate it even more. Uh, as I've gotten older, so definitely post-grad, more into soccer, more into Champions League, the international tournaments, the players, the the news surrounding it. I, I feel like for me, and I, I'm I'm not sure if you can relate as well, but for me, the NBA has always been my top, you know, basketball. But then soccer has now moved into my number two, and, and I'm getting less and less interested in football every year, man. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, I'm less and less interested in football. Football is always my top. And then I think basketball was behind it. Soccer is soccer is at least third on for, for me, and it may I mean there's, it's still kind of fluid for me. But I'm getting less and less interested in the NFL. I'm debating whether I even want to watch the NFL this coming up season, just because of all the the concussions and like the injuries. The Ryan Shazier injury really made me question how I can facts get a conscious watch this and, and cheer this on. And then don't even get me started on some of the kind of social aspects of it. I just don't feel like the NFL respects the opinion of African-American men. So that really turned me off as well. But there's a lot of reasons where I'm just like, wow, the NFL, I'm just not really doing it for me anymore. So it's interesting. That's all really good points um, to, to which I agree with. And I think the the main thing for me, too, is just. I, I am becoming less and less interested in the NFL because of what you mentioned because I'm I'm just not I just don't like it as much anymore. I, I can't consciously watch that, see another brutal hand injury, see all these off the field issues and and just, you know, knowingly think like, all right, it's Monday night football, like let's turn it on. I you know you know what I mean? Like I, I'm I'm with you. And as I get less and less interested in that, a, a beautiful game like soccer, you know, where you have so much action, you got all the best players in the world. It's just a, a very skilled, passionate sport i mean i really it, it it was kind of an easy transition for me yeah i'm I'm with you on that 100 uh about the world cup 
what teams are we looking forward to? What games and what teams are we really, really tuning in to see? Because there's a lot of games. There's 32 teams. There's six games. All on the Fox Sports Networks. All various days and times. I think there's even a game at 5 a.m. on Saturday. But it's a good one. Um, have you looked at the schedule yet and kind of picked out a few of the marquee matchups and teams and players that you absolutely want to see and have to see? Yeah, I've taken a peek. The first one that kind of you know shoots off the screen to me is that is that Spain versus Portugal match. Man, I think that's going to be great, real exciting. You know, Cristiano probably the best player or at least top two you know players in the world versus Spain, who was you know at one time the undisputed best team in the world. They've fallen off a bit, but that's going to be a great contrast and then but in terms of team who am i trying to watch i love brazil man i love neymar i love gabriel jesus um coutinho marcelo they have a lot of exciting players and it helps that i, I spent some time in rio uh, a couple years ago so i feel like kind of an adopted member of their their culture so if they want to adopt me i'm definitely willing to you know sign the papers and <laughs> be a transplant brazil fan so they'll be fun to watch <laughs> style of play what do you what about you man yeah, I, we we talked about this many times. Um, both big Ronaldo fans, so you know by association, I'm definitely pulling for Portugal. Uh, definitely, and, and the top team for me this year. Now that the the U.S. sadly didn't qualify, um, so I I, I want to see Portugal advance and do well, just for not only that that country, but for Ronaldo's legacy. And I really want to see him just you know get after it and dominate this World Cup. So the 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 Spain Portugal game is definitely one. Um, for any time that France, Germany, Brazil, yeah. Spain, Portugal, Argentina, anytime those six teams, yeah. I probably left out one, but anytime those six teams are playing just because of the sheer quantity and quality of their talent that they have, I'm tuning in for sure. Whoever they're playing, I'm tuning in. And if, you know, as the, as the games get more important and the, and the field narrows when they start playing each other, uh, that's when I'm really going like I'm all right. I'm setting aside like a two hour time block where I'm doing nothing but watching this game and just enjoying it. Yeah, my uh, my work life's going to be interesting these next couple, especially with these these games being right in the middle of the day. You're talking about games at eleven o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon. I have to figure a way to balance my life out, but I'll definitely be tuning in, like you said, when any, any of those big teams are playing. All the star power on those fields. You know, it's it's almost like watching a Warriors Cavs game. You know, where you have five, six, seven of the top players on the field at one time in the whole world, and it's just it's must-see TV. Must-see TV. Let me get your predictions on the World Cup. Who do you got winning this whole thing? I got Brazil winning it all. Neymar scores the game-winning goal in the final. They avenged the embarrassment of four years ago. All is forgiven. They put that sixth star on their jersey, and they go back to Rio and party before they get back to the club season. <laughs> Most important thing there for sure. And then hopefully they'll adopt you just in time for you to get down there and join the celebration. <laughs> good stuff. Good knowledge for sure. And that embarrassment that, that Eric is referring to is last World Cup in their home country when Germany handed them a 7-1 schlacking in the semifinal. And Germany obviously went on to win the World Cup one nothing over Argentina. I do think Brazil's going to win. I think it's going to be really close. I could, I, honestly, I could see Argentina or Spain or Germany winning. I unfortunately can't see Portugal winning just because I don't think they have enough talent around Cristiano to compete in the very last part of the World Cup. Yeah. But I'm with you. I'm going to go Brazil as well, but I would not be surprised at all if Germany repeats yeah. or if yeah. if Argentina gets in there. Spain maybe now not so much because they just very – Oddly sacked their manager like two days yeah. ago, yeah, that is um, which is a crazy story that, that we should definitely talk about briefly. I mean, this dude, for those who don't know, he inks a deal to become Real Madrid's manager a few days ago after Zidane uh, got fired. He ended up getting fired, by the way. He didn't quit, which is something that I didn't know until one of my buddies told me today. But um, So this, this dude gets hired by Real Madrid. Spain fires him. Two days later, because he like didn't tell them, I guess. And now Spain, who has a game tomorrow, a very important game, is without their manager. So that's a crazy story. I mean, seriously, that does not happen in soccer, let alone just in sports. 
Uh, do you think that that's really going to affect Spain at all? I think that's a, that has a huge impact on their team. That's huge. For me, kind of from a former athlete's point of view, I feel like uh, a situation where you don't punish the team for what an individual it does. I always look at, you know, when a, when, a, when a coach, you know, sits a big player down because, you know, he got a weather off the field issue. I get the point that you're trying to make to that player, but you're punishing everybody else on the team by not allowing them to be at their best. And that's the same thing that happened here. Maybe the Spain president of the, you know, soccer federation and the coach, maybe they have some kind of issue. But now you're, you're, you're punishing Sergio Ramos and PK and all these guys because they're not going to have their coach with them, you know, in the biggest match of their lives, they've been waiting four years for this moment, and you're going to fire their coach two days before. That's really selfish, in my opinion. Right, and for me, if you're going to sack him, wait until the World Cup is over to sack him. Like, if you have beef with him, if that really was that big of a deal for for your club or for your country, it's football team, go ahead and fire him after the thing is over. All you're doing is just is providing a huge, huge hiccup in your plans to win this thing. Uh, so, again, a very bizarre story, and it, it'll be interesting to see how that affects Spain moving forward. Obviously, I wouldn't imagine that it would have too much of a positive effect. So we'll be monitoring that situation very closely. Last thing on the World Cup, USA, Canada, Mexico, they get the nod to host the 2026 World Cup. Eric, most lit cities to have those games in. Let's hear them. Got a couple for you, man. So I think generally most lit city, Miami, especially if they can kind of rig the draw a little bit and get some some Latin teams in there. If you get a Colombia Brazil game in Miami or you know Argentina Brazil in Miami, that's I don't think anything tops that. Some sleepers. I like Toronto. I've been watching when the Raptors are kind of good in the playoffs and they have that whole Jurassic Park scene outside the stadium where all the fans are watching the big screen. I think Toronto could be a fun World Cup city. I've heard a lot of great things about Toronto just as like an entertainment city. And then um, L.A. will be fun, too. The Rose Bowl is an environment like none other. I think that's a special place to play. L.A. is an amazing, beautiful city. Um, so I think those are a couple of mine. What do you got for us, AP? Yeah, that's big time. I think, obviously, L.A. Miami were the, the two big ones that um, I had as well up there. Toronto would be interesting. Um uh, Mexico City, De Efe. Obviously, you got to throw one down there um, just to kind of uh, throw Mexico in the mix as well. And that's obviously a huge city. In this, and soccer is like a religion down there. Um, I can't think of too many other ones. But um, there's, there's with those trees. And one last thing just to mention, folks, if you're going to watch the World Cup, which you absolutely should be doing, if you don't, I don't know what is wrong with you, go ahead and give the Telemundo broadcast a listen. Sports announcers, ah, not too good. We're, we're, looking at, we're looking G League talent at best right there. And Telemundo, you will get the best calls that you have ever heard in your life, even if you don't speak a word of Spanish. Those announcers are just way more passionate and way more fluid about the game. Give it a try. Let me know if you like that. Uh, hit us up at Tony in the field on Instagram, Twitter, and you can throw me a DM if you want, uh, just to kind of discuss that, but give it a try. I guarantee you'll like it On to the last portion, uh, portion of the show, Eric, we got new dudes, fake tough guys of the week, worst media take of the week to round this thing out. Let's start with these new dudes, man. I got to bring this up. I saw this on Instagram a few days ago and I tagged you in it. It was another House of Highlights, Bleach Report, whatever, reposting this video. Another video of some dude making about 10 moves before finally the guy fell down in a one-on-one, no-pads, Oklahoma drill outside, and then everyone mobs him, including the guy holding the camera. And, and the worst part, grown-ass men who were coaching was also, were also in on the act. Why have these videos not gone away? I feel like, it, I mean, I, th- I, th- I really thought that this trend was over like a year or two ago, and I was so happy about it. But why are we still doing, A, these stupid Oklahoma one-on-one drills with no pads, and B, why are we filming it up on the gram and, and Twitter and all this? Yeah, man, I think we got to really look at the, the adults that are out there filming it. Because, I mean, if a kid does it, that's one thing. But when the adults take it and post it on House of Highlights and Bleach Report, like you said, now they're kind of, a, you know, they're taking it to another level. They're getting exposure. It gets the likes. More people are incentivized to do it. But it's so whack, man. You have 
grown men out here, like, it's, it's a clout culture. Everybody's trying to get their clout up, you know, they'll do whatever it takes. And it's just, it's so lame. And you start running around in circles, you might be able to make one guy miss, but there's, there's 10 of the, 10 of the guys coming, man. So that that whole run around and, and do backflips and all that, man, that's, that's not real. Like that stuff does not work at the next level, man. But Hey, what are you going to do, man? It's just these new dudes. Am I right? And to take it one step further, man, have you seen the videos where the dudes will be at the beach and they'll be like laying down and they get up and do like the one-on-one tackle drill at the beach. And this is like, what are y'all doing, man? Like, like what have you seen any of those so so e are you talking about are you talking about these like spring break videos yeah, they're... yeah they're in like panama city beach or something like that the whole right. crowd is lit and they wake up and go head up against each other and one person probably has a concussion and a hangover like just new dudes man like back in my day when we went to the beach maybe we you know maybe you have a beverage or two maybe you go talk to a couple of girls or you jump in the water like you don't, don't got to do all that. <laughs> Bro, I feel like – I just feel like everyone's trying to do it for the gram these days. Nothing is pure. Yep. I mean, you are you really – here's my question. Are you really having a good time if you can't throw it on Instagram to let everyone else know that you're having a good time? You don't I mean, post- it feels like that's what it's boiled down to. Yeah, if you don't post it online, it, that never happens. Sad, man. Truly sad. I think I even saw a few videos of girls in like full on bikinis doing the <laughs> Oklahoma drill, like smacking each other too. And I'm just like, yo, you know what? That's enough of the internet today for me, man. Yeah, the first the first time you see one, it's kind of funny. It's different. Then you see all the imitators, and you're just like, all right, come on, people. We got we got to we gotta be better. as a species. We have to be better. As 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 the American public, we we just have to be better. But we all know that we're not. Uh, the next thing I wanted to bring up is people that are fake flexing on Instagram. There's a few dudes from my old high school that I've seen recently that are that are clearly buying followers on their social media channels and fake flexing with, you know, fake Supreme shirts and fake Yeezys and and just and st- just absolutely utter nonsense in their bios saying how they have a seven figure crypto portfolio and how they manage wealth for famous people. Like, dude, who are these guys that just buy followers and just have nothing but utter nonsense on their pages? Yeah, and I think what it boils down to, people really, really, really would rather look successful, look successful than actually be successful. And whether that means buying the followers or buying the fake, you know, uh, apparel or, you know, kind of gassing up their bio. People are just like, well, whatever. as long as people think I'm successful, then I've won. And that's another sad thing, man. Nobody actually wants to put in the work and actually do it. They just want want to have the image nobody wants to put in the work they just want the image very true words this is something that i've been talking about for a while now um and it really is just sad and i think the rise of social media especially instagram has just made it all the more um accessible and and appealing to all these new dudes to just to just be fake man i mean seriously like there, there's it legitimately i legitimately think it's a disease to some some extent right like if you think that if you really think that you're living that life when clearly you're just trying to be instagram famous like you need help yeah you need mental health there i really would love to take like a college course on like the psychology of like social media users and the influencers and that whole kind of you know um this category of people just you know what what's what are they what's it going through their mind now what's it going to be like in a few years especially like at some point, Instagram is not going to be the big thing anymore. Just like MySpace fell off, just like Facebook fell off, you know. So when Instagram at some point becomes irrelevant, what happens to all that clout and, you know, like that attention? Like, what do those people do? That's a good point. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that, how the social media realm evolves moving forward and then what really will be the next big Instagram. Last thing on these new dudes, man, that I have, uh, if you wanted to add something in for sure, um, let me know, but... I want to get your opinion on these new chicks. We don't discriminate around here at Tony in the Field. There's new dudes and there's also new chicks. You're not safe no matter who you are. If you're doing it, we're going to call you out for it. What's up with these new chicks on IG with these egregiously long happy birthday stories? I mean, you know what I'm talking about when you see a girl's story on IG and you're like, huh, it looks like she's got a bunch of dots up there. Maybe she's got like 20 photos. Like what, 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 is, what, what, what could possibly be on this story? 
you know, happy. The next one says birthday. The next one to my, the next one main, you know, main girl. And it's like, oh no, not another one of these. I don't know why girls and every girl does this. It seems yeah. like every single girl does this. They throw up 20 photos all in order of their best friend that either just got married or just moved, got a new job. It's her birthday. And it's like, okay, one po- it used to just be one post, yeah. one Facebook, one tweet, one Instagram photo, and you give them the shout out. All right, I'll double click that. Like, you know, for sure. Happy birthday to your friend, especially if, if I know her and, 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 you know, y- y'all are cool. Go ahead. That's, that's great. But these, but these stories, man, where it's multiple posts, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, it's it's funny because you say you see all the dots on there and you think, oh, maybe she went somewhere interesting. Maybe she went to a concert. Maybe she she's traveling. And then it says, happy birthday to my friend. And it's a slideshow of their entire last year together. And you're just like, man, y'all love attention, huh? Like y- y'all, re- you, like are, seriously, that makes me that makes me think. And I mean, let, let's be real, we know the answer to this. Are they really posting for their friend? Right. Nothing like a girl who posts a picture of like her and her like three or four friends that get ready to go to the club, and the other girls, you know, one of them has her eyes closed, one of them has like an awkward pose, and the girls like, oh, I love my friends so much. It's like, man, you don't love those friends. You wouldn't, you wouldn't post that pic with with one of their eyes closed, one of them not looking at the camera, one of them looking fat, like. Yeah, what one of them like not quite fitting into that dress, but like, but meanwhile you're looking bad as hell over there, and you, I mean, you needed an excuse to post that photo. Yeah, you're not a real friend. Come on, come on, man, that is so true. You got anything on this topic of new dudes slash new chicks that you want to throw out there? I hear it all, but kind of just where I'm at mentally, man. I actually deleted Instagram off my phone. I go on there on my iPad like once or twice a day because I just can't stand looking at all these new dudes, these new chicks, these these attention seekers, these influencers, man. It's it's taking it's too much, man. So I had to scale back on the social media game. Really smart point right there. And I, I remember you told me that when I came to visit in Tampa. I still haven't done that and I still need to do that. And for all of those that are listening, to the award winning listeners, I'd give that a try as well. I mean, seriously. You, you you probably feel a lot better, huh? You probably feel refreshed and and less obviously less consumed with all that garbage throughout the day. It's garbage. It's the same thing every day. You don't you realize you don't miss anything. The major major news events you're gonna find out in, in one way or the other. The, the trivial things about you know you know what what outfit this girl's got on, what beach she's at, what they're eating for lunch. It's you realize you're not missing anything. Yeah, you realize it's just a waste of time, and it doesn't really matter. Hey, real quick, last thing on this topic. Do you remember uh, a while ago when I sent you that photo uh, of that one dude's tweet? It was like, girls be getting 35 comments on an IG photo, and then they start looking for apartments in L.A.? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I've never in my entire life heard something more true and funny ever. I mean, I was dying laughing. You remember when I sent you that like a a few months ago? I was laughing too, and the best jokes contain some truth, man. That's that's what makes it really funny. Facts, bro. I feel like we see so many, so often a girl who has, you know, whatever, eight, eight somewhere from like ten to like a hundred k followers on on the gram, and 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 in the bio it says model, you know, in the location. It's always L.A. By the way, it is always Los Angeles, and then. <laughs> and and then they have these posts and it's just every time it's just like them in a swimsuit facing the other way it's like all right can we get something original around here like are y'all just gonna copy the same business model and try to get try to get pub and ad revenue i mean whatever man it's it's just it's just these new dudes and these new chicks man like they, they just don't understand yeah it's it's a mess man it really is. Girls get 35 comments and they start looking for apartments in LA. That's the best. I forget who tweeted that, but that's the best tweet maybe in the history of Twitter. Um, so that does it for our new dudes and new chicks segment. Uh, that is, by the way, folks, that is a staple. That is a consistent segment on Tony in the Field uh, whenever our guy Eric Dungy is on. And really, we should just make that a specific segment every time. Uh, last two. We're going to wrap these up pretty quickly here. E. Uh, fake tough guys of the week. I got Tristan Thompson. Draymond called him out many times throughout the series. He sized him up. He outplayed him. 
And then he called him out at the parade and said, like, we ain't cut the same. I didn't shake that dude's hand. And then they showed the video where he literally said that to Tristan's face and didn't shake his hand. Draymond gets a, a bad rep for being annoying, all this. And, and I agree with it. Like, if I, if I weren't a Warriors fan, I probably wouldn't like Draymond that much. Regardless of the fact that he's an amazing player, just like his attitude. And even as a Warriors fan, it gets frustrating when he gets so many technicals and kind of gets out of control at times. But I think he's spot on here. I not only think, A, Tristan Thompson is a huge fake tough guy in general, which multiple other NBA players have said. But in this case, like, I, I think Draymond kind of stuffed him into a locker right there. What do you think? My biggest thing is like, after game one, they get in a little fight. First of all, Tristan, he sounds like a baseball player when Sean Livingston's shooting a shot. And, oh, the unwritten rules say you're not supposed to shoot the shot there. Like, all right, bro, we're, we're grown. It's all, it's all good, dude. So you go and try to, you know, help <laughs> Then you get in a fight, and then you say, well, I'll see you in the parking lot. And then game four, you want to dap up and be broski. He's like, nah, bro. You, like, if you want to get in the parking lot, like, all right, that's what it is. So I love that Draymond called him out, like you said. That's actually a really good point that I forgot about. He did say, come see me in the parking lot. Like, that's a, first of all, that's a total fake tough guy move, dude, because we know that he's not going to do anything about it. But then, yeah, trying to dap up like it's all good. Like, nah, bro, like, we know you're fake tough. And again, I, I swear to God, multiple people in the NBA, like DeMarcus Cousins, Matt Barnes, like dudes have called this guy out for being fake tough on the gram and everything. So it's just a well-known fact at this point. Same dudes, man. Like Drake said, man, the same ones are at it. We should have known. Yeah. Drake always dropping real knowledge, man. That, that, that guy really does have a lot of real, real knowledge. I mean, he, he got, he's got flow, but a lot of his songs, man, they do. Yeah, there are real-life situations that you can relate to. So it's a really good way to put it. Last thing was... Does anyone remember this dude, Chris, this uh, uh, on Twitter, who's just a huge... Uh, just crazy stuff over the years, man, but... One that just just got brought back up to light, thanks to our our friends over at Old Takes Exposed, great Twitter account. They they brought up uh, a series of his old tweets about the Lakers, and the one that was absolutely hilarious was when he said, Jordan Clarkson would be a top five two-way player in the NBA. Just let that sink in for a second. The same Jordan Clarkson, the same Jordan Clarkson, they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn on open shots in the NBA, just the playoffs in general, and plays no defense. I don't know where you got that part. Jordan Clarkson has never been good on defense. Would be a top five two-way player in the NBA. Man, that's that that doesn't that didn't age well, man. That's that's tough. <laughs> Yo, George, I'm not kidding when I say this. Jordan Clarkson should be in the G League right now. Like, that dude legitimately should have been on the Austin Spurs championship team holding up that G League trophy. I'm not kidding. That dude, If you look statistically at what that dude did in the finals, I think someone had this, someone had this like, breakdown of, of, of what he did in the playoffs. That dude had one of the worst historically bad playoff runs of all time. And we're talking, like, Mike Bibby on the heat level bad. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you remember how bad Mike Bibby was for the Heat? Lost to the Mavericks, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, he was that bad, and LeBron had to deal with his ass, too. <laughs> yeah, but Berea was out there balling in that series, and old, uh, old man Bibby couldn't even uh, hit a rim on some of those shots. I don't even want to talk about that no more because, bro, J.J. Berea played the best six games of his entire life against us, man. And was trash after. LeBron couldn't guard him. Nobody could guard him. It was just like nobody has seen him before or since then. But those for that two weeks in June 2010, I don't, I don't, I'm done. I don't want to go there anymore. We, hey, my, my bad. That's a dark time for sure. We don't have to bring that one up. All I'm, all I'm saying is that Jordan Clarkson might be one of the worst five players in the NBA right now. Forget being a top two way player. I think what he meant to say was that Jordan Clarkson would one day be a bottom five NBA player. If you can name five worst players off the top of your head in the NBA right now that get minutes, I- I'd love to hear it because I-, I I would I would be hard pressed to find someone that can. Who's your worst player in the NBA right now? 
Ooh, that's a good one, man. They get uh, that gets minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not some guy that's never played. You know, he's actually out there playing, and he just uh, he just tried. Okay, for a while, for a while, it was undisputed who who was who was that who was that player. It was it was for a while. It was without a doubt Kyle Singler. You remember <laughs> how bad that dude was when he was getting ticked for the the Thunder before, yeah. just before this this past season. The dude was consistently getting ticked. That dude was terrible, and they and they kept they signed him like a five year twenty five mil contract, bro. I don't know, man. That dude was terrible, and I I swear to God that guy was the worst player in the league like one to two years ago. That was getting minutes. He's not getting minutes anymore. Um, that's a good question. So is that's getting maybe Clarkson? I mean, honestly, like guys that are like getting consistently minutes aren't aren't as bad as Clarkson right now. Can you think of one? I'm trying to think. I don't have one right now. Um need to we need uh, Preston here probably to give us some more uh yeah stuff. Preston might be able to throw one out there um but dude I, I, I I'm leaning towards Clarkson I mean that guy is that guy's really bad dude yeah I hate talking bad about people but uh it's not good <laughs> no no I, I know what you mean it's a, a tough question one that one that I'll think about and then at the the start of the next podcast I'll I'll have an answer for sure all right that's gonna do it uh for a great episode, season five, episode three in the books. No, no, no field today. No Preston. Eric Dungey filling in as a co-host. Anthony Piganelli here. A lot of stuff to break down, but I think we did a really good job of it. Anything else you want to throw in there? Last second, E. I, th- I think we did a, a good job covering everything. Oh man, I love being on here. I'm always, always down to get on the pod. It was a lot of fun. You had a great rundown. We had a you know a nice range of topics and. Uh, Whenever you want to do it again, just send me that text, and I'm there. My guy, I really appreciate that. We'll be firing up another one soon. For everyone that's listening, thank you very much. This has been Tony and the Field. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, at Tony and the Field. Smash, smash that like button, subscribe button. Uh, and, and don't forget to check us out on iTunes, too. We got the podcast on iTunes. Perfect for that Friday morning commute. This will be up Thursday night. You can go ahead and download it and have it for Friday when you hit that traffic in the morning. And that's that's about it, man. Uh, Eric, once again, appreciate having you on. I appreciate it. Everybody, give them five stars when you go to and review on iTunes. Five stars. That's my guy. Five stars. And we'll see you next week. All righty.